1: So, six of time, it's Wake Up, Wyoming. Yeah, there's a lot to cover today. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Among the things we're going to talk about today is not just, well, there's another uh, primary going on today. So, we'll take a quick look at that, but we don't know the numbers until they actually come in, except for one town of six people. Also, the cult of climate change is now trying to ruin your morning. Today's show is sponsored by the Moneyless Money Clip so expensive you'll have nothing left to put in it now when you get up first thing in the morning what's one of the things that you like to do for some of you it's grabbing a cup of coffee hang on cuz i'm going somewhere with that if um you're not someone who grabs coffee in the morning if you're just not a coffee drinker there's just something wrong with you
2: trigger warning <laughs> And feel free to participate.
1: This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. you you just sit there in the disclaimer, strap in, hold on to your coffee? Because it's first thing in the morning, right? Well, they're coming for your coffee now. So World Economic Forum is happening. And, of course, they have to talk about the whole climate change thing and virtue signal. You know. During the World Economic Forum, the topic of coffee came up.
0: We'll be having our coffee before the session, and, and you raised the coffee example. I'd love just to give you the chance to expand on that.
3: Basically, the coffee that we all drink um, emits between 15 and 20 ton of CO2 per tonne of coffee. So we should all know that this is every time we drink coffee, we are basically putting CO2 into the atmosphere. Um, the other and one of the reasons is because most of the coffee plantation or most of the coffee is produced through monoculture, and um, and and monoculture is also affected by climate change. Um, the quality of these nature assets is uh, deteriorating quite rapidly. Okay, let's go ahead and pick apart what he said there.
1: First off, as he talks about, you know, well, you, you, you produce this much CO2 per ton of coffee. As I've explained before, CO2 is not a pollutant. It's actually good for the earth and the atmosphere. We're not in a climate crisis. So it's good if we're producing that much CO2. Also, because of the climate crisis, we're running out of coffee anyway. That's just completely not true. He said the coffee we all drink admits between 15 and 20 tons of CO2 per ton of coffee. Now, again, I don't know where he gets the number from, which right away automatically makes me want to doubt the number. All right, but even if that were true, that would be a good thing. And if we go back and take a look at any food we produce, let's take a look at how much CO2 we emit per ton of food, no matter what the food is. And if you're thinking, well, coffee is not a food, Len. Oh, yes, it is. Don't tell me that because that's how I start my day. And I'm not the caffeine addict type. No, I'm not. Quit looking at the radio that way and laughing. I just really enjoy my morning cup of coffee since I was a teenager. I I like getting up in the morning. Oh, here's a cup of coffee. On those mornings when I didn't have coffee available, I didn't go screaming down the street. I was fine. I just like having my morning cup of coffee as do most people. That's why coffee shops are so available. But now, oh, we're because of climate change, which is, again, a natural thing. Coffee production, oh, it's pretty much a coffee crisis out there they're trying to convince us, which is absolutely not true. Coffee production is just fine, folks. We're okay. But because, of it, look at all the CO2 we're putting in the atmosphere because you wanted a damn cup of coffee this morning. By God, you're destroying the planet. No matter what you do, you're supposed to feel guilty about it because you're destroying the planet. You can't even get up in the morning and just have a damn cup of coffee to go with that. I wonder if you're going to have some eggs with your coffee, how much CO2 was produced in the production of those eggs? You want some bacon with that? How much CO2 in the production of that bacon through the whole process, starting from when it was a little piglet all the way up? How much CO2 goes into that? We can run every little thing and there's going to be some carbon production with that, which, again, is a good thing in the atmosphere. They're trying to get you to get off your coffee in the morning. The author of this article says it will never be enough with these people. Do you put milk in your coffee? <laughs> well, I mean, cows, you you know how much cow farts contribute to climate change, right? See, I'm a black... I'm, I'm a better person than a lot of you. You didn't know that, did you? Yeah, now because I drink my coffee black. That's right. So I, I'm i not contributing as much to climate change. But you people who put milk in your coffee. And then God forbid you should actually sweeten your coffee with sugar. Let's talk about the harm to the climate because of sugar plantations. Carbon dioxide, the story says, necessary for life. Green plants feed on CO2 and produce oxygen as a byproduct, yeah, climate activists want to take as much CO2 out of the atmosphere as possible. Now, let me pause that for a minute because there's a story that I have on the Wake Up Wyoming site, which I uh, – yesterday I mentioned that I was going to write an article on this, and I did. So your governor here in the state of Wyoming wants to not just go to carbon capture and net zero. He wants to go carbon negative below net zero. If you want to go ahead and peruse it and take a look at it, there's a study, and this came out of the Royal Society. There's a a Royal Society in the UK dealing with climate change, and they want to fight climate change, and they're, they're enemies of CO2, right? And yet they flat out admit that they don't have enough data to even know what net zero would be, much less is it achievable, they looked at a very small data set and made big decisions based on that there's not enough there's not enough data to make a call like this same thing goes for how much wind and solar will produce in electricity they took a very small sample of data for wind and solar and said that if we put wind and solar up in the UK we will get this much electricity out of it and they've never gotten anywhere near that then they admit they didn't have enough data to make that decision now they're not the only ones There's other uh, places around the globe – Canada is another one – where they flat-out admitted up there, well, we don't really have when it comes to carbon sequestration, et cetera, et cetera, enough data to – okay. But we're going to go ahead and do it anyway. We're going to go ahead and sequester carbon, try to reach net zero even though we don't know what net zero is or if we can achieve it. And then we want to go carbon negative according to our governor based on what? because there's not enough data out there to even know what that is,
4: much less is it achievable. I don't see the word coffee. Oh, we sell coffee. Well, that's what I want. Okay, so we have three different roasts. I don't want three different roasts. I just want coffee. What would you give me if I just asked for coffee? I wouldn't. I would describe the three different roasts. And what if I just shouted coffee over your descriptions? You can try that if you want. Look... I've run my own business for a long time. One thing I've learned, don't overcomplicate things. Lead with the headline. You sell cars, say you sell cars. You sell guns, say you sell guns. It doesn't even say coffee in your sign. That was mouthfeel. Sounds like a sex club. Oh, well, it's the way the coffee feels in your mouth. It's a word kind of says use. You mean the taste? No. It's distinct
0: from the taste. Covering estrophies. <laughs> Wyoming with Glenn Woods, five content, chat live, and listen on demand on the Wake Up Wyoming Mobile app. Six Five Two is the
1: time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Okay, New Hampshire is in their primary right now, which would only be round two of many that we're gonna have, and we haven't even done it here in Wyoming yet. But okay, New Hampshire's in their primary. Who are they gonna pick? And yeah, you know, of course, everybody right away say Donald Trump's gonna win in a landslide, except for this one town. Dixville, Notch, New Hampshire. Imagine living in Dixville, Notch, New Hampshire. What a tiny little hamlet this is. Now, but here in Wyoming, we're used to places this big. Population six. Yeah, but at least they're all registered to vote. So they showed up at midnight. When and, And they went ahead and just opened up the polls. It's Tuesday, it's midnight, let's get it over with. And they showed up in their little town hall. And what's funny to see is... In their tiny little town hall, there are more reporters there than there is the population of the town. But, again, people in Wyoming relate to stuff like that, right? Okay. So they all write down who they want. And they just walk over and put it in this little box down the little you know hole there in the top of the box, drop the piece of paper in. Then the official of the six walks over and opens up the box and goes up to a whiteboard. And opens up each and every piece of paper and writes down who they voted for. Nikki Haley, six, Trump, zero. I know, right? Nikki Haley just dominates the town of Dixville's Notch, winning all six votes. Now... At some point, Donald Trump and Nikki Haley are going to bump into each other there and have to debate or something like that. I don't know if he'll even debate him, but they'll talk to each other. If I were her, I'd poke Trump in the chest and go, ha-ha, I see. I won Dixville on a landslide. This is why I like to point out, as an example, let's take the town of Bill, Wyoming. And I'm going to double-check here. And just Last I heard it was population 11. I wonder if that number has changed at all. See uh, top five, if there are five people. Yeah, I think their population let me just try population. Okay, here we go. Uh yeah, population eleven. And it says including pets, but that's a joke. Okay. So I found out see when it comes to taking ratings for radio programs. Uh, They do it as a percentage. It's not total number of people. They don't know that. But of the population, what percentage is listening to a given radio show? Well, as far as the population of Bill is concerned, I I carry a 99 percentile in Bill. Out of 11 people. Now, the reason I knew that was because the people in Bill were having breakfast together They're at their little local restaurant, which is attached to the hotel. And 10 of the 11 people were there. And the radio was on. So they sent me a note telling me that they were all listening. There was that one guy who wasn't in the room. If that one guy, my my ratings would have been 100. So I can honestly say I'm the most highly rated radio host in Wyoming because nobody else can claim that. Now, we're getting into the season of political ads. You at some point are going to start getting inundated with political ads. From both parties and not just for the presidential race.
5: Remember their tactics. This election, your choice couldn't be more important. Our candidate is in flattering lighting in full bright color. Their candidate is in grainy high contrast black and white. Spotted through a telephoto lens from behind a bush. Coming back from God only knows where. Our guy points at the horizon and holds a baby. Their guy doesn't have a baby. Their guy has a golf club. The voiceover for our guy is calm. Measured. Right. Their guy gets the lower register. And sometimes, we slow down. Our guy has clean headlines and the beautiful lens flare America needs. Here's a scary graph over a photo of their guy awkwardly laughing. Snap zoom. Do you want a snap zoom like that in office? Here's a photo of our guy saluting military veterans. Jump cuts, flashes, static, aggressive colors. You can't trust a guy with graphics like this. Our guy gets stock footage of sunrises and an American flag. Their guy's flag is upside down and on fire. Intercut with overdue bills, war, and a crying baby. Our guy gets doctors and astronauts and stimulus checks, flatline, an eagle, hurricane, the Statue of Liberty, crime scene tape, Ronald Reagan, Ronald Reagan, a girl running in a wheat field to escape a dangerous sexual predator, wielding atomic bomb, this election, the choice is yours, their guy or our guy, inspiring slogan. So, just remember also that with each and every
1: politician out there, what they don't have is a commercial where they just strap the guy into a lie detector. We hooked this average politician up to a lie detector so we could discern exactly when he was lying and when he was telling the truth.
0: Good morning.
1: Ooh, off to a bad start. I'm happy to be here. Really? Can't even tell the truth about that, huh? Your government is hard at work not doing well, are we? We we have solved many problems. Come on, just tell the truth once. Care about your well-being. I don't think he has it in him. I'm telling the truth, I mean. We will take responsible steps. Come on, now, this is for all the money. Well, we want to solve
0: these problems. We have faith in you.
1: Well, no, we don't. Well,
0: because the last administration... Ooh, swing and a miss. I promise I will... I'm
1: thinking this is not going to end. Oh,
0: I promise. I will. I... Uh, 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 uh.
1: Come on. And there you have it. A perfect score. So now you know what the next few months are going to be like until we're finally all done with the campaigns and so on. As far as the commercials go, don't forget to stay out the vote campaign. That's coming up a little bit later on. You don't need to get into all of that right now. Coming up on local news right after local news update on your weather forecast. And you and I get back into it again. ninety seven woods Woods—the phone number—that's eight 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 ninety-seven W O O D S. When we get to the extended forecast, you'll see we're still in a bubble of nice compared to the rest of the country. Don Day will explain that at six forty-five to wake up Wyoming.
0: And we're back. Sorry, we were busy tricking pescatarians into eating Rocky Mountain oysters. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods.
1: 636 in time it's wake up wyoming all right so let's go to california real quick because i love picking on california i mean it's just so easy to do it's low-hanging fruit i don't have to do a whole lot of work if california's out there i get here in the morning start doing show prep i don't, like you i just got up i don't want to do a whole lot of work so i look at california and go oh that's easy so California, while well, guys, you know, want to do this whole high-speed rail thing, and you know how that's turned out so far, right? Way, way, way over schedule, way the hell over budget. But they keep pushing on it. Now, here's the latest. The CEO of California's high-speed rail project is stepping down. Just so you know, the guy who originally proposed the project and sold it to California has now become its harshest critic. He has been for a few years. And for several years now, has wanted the whole thing shut down because he didn't realize how bad California was going to be at building something like this. All right, story says, Brian Kelly inherited a massive project that's been bogged down by slow acquisition of property for the route through the central San Juan Valley and beset by scheduled delays, cost increases. Well, it says cost increases like it's casual. Massive cost increases every year. Uh, One of the first efforts that Kelly directed was to emphasize learning from previous misuses of money and time and so on. Sharpen the agency's focus on completing the construction of at least the segments in the Valley with the money it had on hand. Kelly also advocated putting the Valley's backbone of the statewide system into service as rapidly as possible. So at least they would have something going, part of it anyway, while lining up the funds to finish it all the way up to San Francisco Bay. He said, I took this job with the intent of stabilizing the organization to have her perform better and to try to get reinvestment of public funds in the project. And I felt good about it. Well, he says, I uh, feel good. I achieved some of that anyway. But the project is on uh, the uptick, he said, for the time being. Uh Uh-huh. The 171 miles stretch connecting, see, was it Merced and Bakersfield is expected to begin operation around 2030. What do you want to bet it doesn't reach that goal? I'm just tossing that out there. And construction has been moving along with a number of massive infrastructure projects, including bridges, viaducts, uh, grade separations, Completed just within the past 12 months. So they finally got something done, right? As of October 2023, the California high-speed rail has completed 43 structures, started work on 32 more, and completed about 56 miles. The work is beginning to expand from its current 100. Okay, I'm trying to get the full miles here. Full construction, 175 miles of double track. Okay. California will receive about $3.1 billion from the Biden administration. Remember, the Trump administration didn't want to give any more money to California on this. But Biden administration, here's another $3.1 billion on this. The construction of the state's train line through San Francisco and San Juan Valley, including the extension to Bakersfield... Uh, Tuesday's announcement, the federal government has already provided $3.5 billion, So another $3.1 billion is coming for the program. And we ought to continue. We ought to stop calling it California's high-speed rail. Because only in one small area, it might get up to speed as far as a high-speed rail system. Other than that, it's just going to be a train. Very little of it is actually going to be any decent amount of speed. The project has encountered an array of scheduled delays since 2010. Operations in the Bakersfield line are currently planned to commence sometime between 2030 and 2033. The latest cost estimate for construction of the Fresno-Bakersfield segment between 29.8 billion and 32.9 billion. Now, if that's what they're projecting now. What do you think it's going to end up costing? Chet and Yoda, didn't they start the rail like 40 years ago? Well, not quite 40 years ago, but they've been talking about it for quite a long time. But yeah, they've been at this for quite a while here. The real problem, of course, is that the story says if passes any guide, the budget will almost certainly go up more than 3.1 billion in the next six years. Where is the remaining 25 to 30 billion coming from? Not from the state of California. California is now facing this massive budget deficit. So how exactly are they intending to finish this project? It's going to be, again, way over budget and now nowhere near on time and will never really be a high speed rail Lead to cognitive
3: distortions cognitive distortion no cognitive distortions cogandaz dispersion. getting further away cognitive distortions i don't know what you're saying it's when you think things are different than how they actually are Oh, like imaginary kind of but bad imaginary
6: no yep
0: there you have it a new level of crazy and you heard it here it's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030, K2 Radio. Join the show at 888-97 Woods.
1: 648's the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off to the icebox we go. Frank Gambino's waving by. So I put up a post, Frank, that says, uh, let's take a look at Wyoming's most beautiful lighthouses. Lighthouses? Yes, sure. Do we have any? Uh no. Okay. Okay. So, so it was a very short post. It was a well yeah. most of the post was asking people who were reading the post why are you here? Because obviously there's no lighthouses, there's no lighthouses yeah. here. Now I did get a comment, I put the post and I put it on my personal Facebook page and immediately, well, there was a US US Coast Guard station in Campbell County, so why not? And there was, I remember that. There's the coast Guard? yeah okay so in in, campbell, in county? campbell county for quite a few years yeah okay so what were they doing they're used to see the first thing i want to know is i want to see their boat in campbell county i want to know what that looks like but now here's the deal there used to be a navigation system which was done by shortwave radio it was a worldwide system it was called loran and the system there would be the signals that would emanate from towers And whether it's ships at sea or pilots in the air, they could tune in to the different signals and look at their map and triangulate where they were. Okay. Okay. So you you grab two or three signals, you know where they are, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. When that system was discontinued, that's when the Coast Guard station in Campbell County closed because that was their job. There was a radio tower in Campbell County run by the Coast Guard, and their job was to keep that particular signal going. All righty then. It was a very important system, especially being in the middle of the country, for airplanes. Right. But why would
7: the Coast Guard?
1: Because it was run by the Coast Guard. Why was it run by the Coast Guard? Because it was originally designed for ships at sea.
7: But there's no ships in Campbell County.
1: No, 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 no. But then when airplanes started to fly, airlines, they needed a system to navigate. And so the system was extended to include air travel as well. Now you need towers all over the country.
7: So somebody said to somebody, all right, Coast Guard guys.
1: Yeah, you're going to Campbell County. So imagine a guy. Wyoming, joined, Wyoming, what? He joined the Coast
7: Guard to get out to sea. <laughs> <laughs> and he winds up in Campbell County. Wyoming. And there's no lighthouses either Men's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowboys on the road tonight at San Diego State. The Pokes are coming off their best win of the season over the weekend. They down Nevada 98-93, so they're 10-8 and overall, 3-2 and in Mountain West play. UW player Sam Griffin was named the Mountain West Conference Player of the Week after throwing in 26 points against Nevada, and he's been averaging 18 points per game. San Diego State 15-4 and overall, 4-2 and in league play. The Aztecs are good, and they were really good at home. That is a 7 p.m. start tonight from San Diego. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KCG in Laramie. Women's College Basketball at the Division I level. The Wyoming Cowgirls will be at home to meet the Air Force tomorrow. UW will cut, is coming off a nice win over rival Colorado State over the weekend to get the 10-7 overall. 5-1 in Mountain West play. Air Force will come into tomorrow's game with a record of 9-10. Junior College Basketball. The Casper College teams will be at Gillette College tonight. The t women rated 23rd in the country at 16-4 after an 84-65 win over Northwest DePaul on Saturday. Andy Schistler led the way in that game for 19 for Casper. The Tiber men, 12 and 8 after an 89-74 win over Northwest. They were led in scoring by Abdul Bashir, Bashir who had 27. The LCCC women's basketball team from Cheyenne, 7 and 11 after an 82-67 loss to Eastern Wyoming on Friday. The C men are 11 and 9 as they lost to EWC on Friday, 88-86. Both the Golden Eagle teams will be at Central Wyoming and Riverton on Friday. High school cross country, Madison Antonino of Jackson, the Gatorade Athlete of the Year. She won the 4A Cross Country State Championship and also is the 3A champion in the 3200 meter in the 3200 meter run, competing for Pinedale. In high school indoor track from over the weekend, Gillette hosted the season opening event with over 800 with close to 850 athletes participating. Caden uh, Lee of Natrona won the high jump at 610, a mark that exceeds the existing indoor state record. He also won the triple jump. Laramie's Dominic Everly won the 800 and 1600 meter runs, On the girls side, Lainey Berryhill of Laramie won two events, the 400 and the 1600. Pro-Rodeo Hillsdale, Wyoming native Brody Crest won the Saddle Bronc at the National Western Stock Show in Denver over the weekend with an arena record 91-point effort in the finals. Picked up 11 grand for his work in Denver, and he finished fourth last season in the Saddle Bronc World Standings. That's it in sports.
1: I hear our young man in the hospital at the, after that rodeo incident is recovering nicely. He,
7: however, he has no use of his left arm.
1: That's true. Uh, but what I was reading about Uh, it right right now yeah he is doing well as far as he's up he's talking it well not up but he's talking he's eating well so in in many ways they're very pleased with his recovery but yeah they got to worry
7: about that it was uh and then he's got a long road but you know what he's he's with us god bless him
1: uh yeah okay and i do really admire having gone through all of that good spirits Yes. Yeah. You got to keep that attitude. Oh, yeah. yeah you yeah. got to, yeah. All right. Thank you for mm-hmm. coming up on some local news. Well, there's going to be some local business we have to take care of. News time, national, local. Update on the weather forecast. You and I get back into it again. And for those businesses out there that have been approached by the state of Wyoming to maybe install an EV charging station, I have an update on that, and it's not going well. Not for the businesses, but for those who want the station. I'll explain. Wake up, Wyoming. Six of time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. It is a Tuesday. And yeah, it's primary day in New Hampshire, so you'll be hearing about that in the news all day long. Oh, real quick, I do want to, before I get into the next story here, I just thought of something that I was thinking about yesterday when it came to polling for primaries. Hang on, I'll explain what I was thinking Today's about. Today's show is sponsored by Universal Socks. They'll fit either foot. No more days of wearing two left socks. Hmm. <laughs> I think that was yesterday's sponsor. I think this is today's. Today's show is sponsored by the Moneyless Money Clip. That's the one. So expensive, you'll have nothing left to put in it. Yeah. So, okay. That's today's sponsor. All right. So, I was listening on my way home yesterday. I just tuned in real quick for a part of uh, Glenn Beck. Heard a little bit of it. All right. And then he was talking about, well, the polls say, the polls say, the polls. You know what I think about polls. And... It was really interesting to hear, not just him, but some other commentators on TV and other radios and so on saying, well, when it came to the Iowa caucus, all the polls were pretty much dead on. Well, not really. Here's how this works. Let's say your weatherman decided to forecast the weather for a year from now. How accurate do you think he's going to be? Yeah, not really. He might be able to ballpark something, but he doesn't know. Really. As we get closer, let's say we get six months away. Okay, that's, you know, still he's six months out. He doesn't know what the weather's really going to be. Now, when we're about a month out, he can start talking about trends, but he still doesn't know what's going to happen for the day in question as far as the weather's concerned. Now, as you'll hear Don Day say, when it's 10 days out, you know, okay, you're still too far out, but now you're getting an idea of what the trends are. When we get to about three days out, you're now getting a pretty good idea of what's probably going to happen on the day in question, what kind of forecast for the weather you can expect. When we're a day or two out now, the weatherman will say in, with confidence, this is probably what's going to happen tomorrow. When we're a day out, one day out especially, the weatherman's really feeling confident here. Now, does that mean the weatherman's always correct? No. Plenty of times we've been one day out and the weatherman is still wrong. But they're much more accurate when we get that close. All right. Polls are much the same thing. When you hear, when we were a year out from the primaries and you heard... All sorts of pollsters saying what was going to happen, and most of that didn't happen. So, of course, they can't predict a year out. There's no way of knowing. When we get to six months out, it's still too far out. When we get to about a month out, now they can start talking trends. See how this goes just like your weather forecast. This is what I was thinking about yesterday. And then as we get within a week or so, now they're about five days out. They're getting a pretty good handle on what's probably going to happen. They still can't say for certain what's going to happen, but they're they're getting pretty close. Now they're one or two days out from the primary. What is going to happen? Well, now your pollsters can start talking with confidence of what's probably going to happen, especially the day before the primary. But as you know, between primary elections and general elections... Sometimes the polls are still wrong. What they like to do is brag. You know, they they finally got to a day out and they predicted what was going to happen. See, the polls were right. Yeah, when you got a day out like your weather forecast, it's the same with your weatherman, which is why I say don't trust the polls. But even then, sometimes they're still wrong. That's why I say don't trust it. I know a lot of people, uh, commentators, talk radio, television commentators and so on use the polls. It helps them fill airtime. It has nothing to do with what actually is going to happen in the real world. So you can't trust it. You don't know if it is or isn't going to happen. All right. Now, the other story that I had queued up for you here. This goes back to a while ago we were – I was talking with you guys about uh, the state of Wyoming getting a bunch of money from the Biden administration. And the idea was to make sure that we had EV charging stations around the state. And, of course – the federal government wants EV charging stations at least every 50 miles. And if you know Wyoming, we can't do that. If you know this state, you'll know why. I mean, duh, you can't. Well, federal government doesn't care. But also, it turned out to be a bad deal. Because if the charging station doesn't work out, Wyoming has to give that money back. All right, so they paused the whole program for a while. Now they're trying to start it back up again. Here's the latest. From Cowboy State Daily, Roger Varley, it says, doesn't see many Teslas stopping at his points of Rock's Travel Center near the same exit as a coal-burning Jim Bridger power plant along Interstate 80 in southwest Wyoming. And I like the fact that they included that because when you take a look at where the charging station is, and then go take a look at where the... It's like when you're in Wheatland, even. on In Wheatland, Wyoming, there's a charging station there. And then there's the coal power plant within sight. So you know where the electricity is coming from. In fact, he said, the only time he takes note is when Teslas arrive on the back of a tow truck. <laughs> getting dropped off at his adjoining RV park where they can juice up the RV park doesn't have the fast charging superchargers that the state proposes to build, but the RV hookups do the trick over a few hours of connection time, unless it's too cold and they can't charge. Customers even hang out at Ned's Bar and Ned's Cafe, killing time, while they're waiting for their cars to charge. He said, I'm considering putting in a bench or park area to wait, he said, so for EV owners who encounter range anxiety with gale force winds that occasionally slow down westbound travelers to a crawl they have a place to go everybody seems happy with varney's back of the envelope uh, bill as he charges these desperate customers and he charges them he thinks a fair price for that he says i have no idea how much power costs in the car but everybody seems happy at the end of the day So, Barley is joining others in Wyoming, throwing their hands up over federally funding programs to bail out electric vehicle charging networks across Wyoming's interstate system. He, like other business owners, said there's still too many questions that need to be answered before he's willing to invest any money. He said more is needed to be fleshed out about the EV plan. Then, again, uh, on and off power program suspended last year. That's part of it. He is uh, Varney's representative of some of the EV interests that have talked about fast charging stations. He said, we don't see a lot of EVs, especially in the wintertime. But we are seeing more than we used to anyway, but still. Last May, Wyoming's EV program was placed on hold over concerns the state could be stuck with a hefty bill if it's unprofitable. Wyoming Department of Transportation gave new investors to the end of the month an opportunity to come up with new ideas. They've offered Wyoming nearly... The feds have offered Wyoming about $24 million over five years to build 17 charging stations along I-80, I-25, and I-90. The program requires a 20% match from private businesses, and so far that's not coming. The feds would kick in the money to support the stations for up to five years. But again, at those stations... Don't end up making it during five years, then they end up uh, having to give all that money back. This is where I've said before a big part of the problem is uh, someone – let's say someone doesn't install an EV charging station, a business owner. Now, if the charging station is not making a profit and it breaks down, if it's losing money and it breaks down, why would he repair it? Because it's losing money, Right. If it's breaking even and it breaks down. So he's still losing money because he's got to pay for the repair. But all he ever did was break even. So what's his incentive? Wade and Cheyenne. Bill Wyoming was a good example. What about Lost Springs, population four? Yeah. Uh, there are. In fact, I recently did, Wade, a story how the town of oh let me see uh not shoshone but um shoshone i think it was it's along the same highway has a population of five and Lost springs has a population of six now and so uh, shoshone is wondering how Lost springs does it with so many people i mean that one extra person just puts them over the top right yeah, I don't see any the EV charging stations happening anytime soon unless some. And here again, I'm against subsidizing this. We never subsidize gas stations. And they're all over the place.
8: Things about Wyoming that would drive the rest of the world into a coma, part seven. To this day, you can still legally hang somebody that steals your horse. The smallest town in Wyoming actually has a population of only four people. The name of the town is Lost Springs, and the mayor there actually runs a bar called Lost Bar, so you can visit it if you want to. Wyoming is the self-proclaimed jackalope
2: capital of the world. Wyoming is home to the windiest road in America, and that is I-80 between Laramie and Rollins.
0: Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on air, online, and on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Be part of the show at 888-97-Woods. This is K2 Radio. 7.22 is the time Wake Up
1: Wyoming. I'll give an update on EV charging stations in Wyoming and what the state's trying to do with trying to get people to please put a charging station in front of your business. It's not going really well. Just a quick side note. From the Telegraph, electric bikes start record number of fires in New York. <laughs> <clears throat> well, look, uh, electric bikes. It's just because those ion lithium batteries. Even you put the bike away overnight, and it can start a fire just sitting there. Not nothing. To, they're not even plugged in, and it's a possibility that could even start a fire. Plug it in, it could even be worse, but. No guarantee it's going to happen, but it has has happened all right so here I think is the main problem when it comes to so many things that people in government want to do, and when I say government, I mean you know, like from your governor here in Wyoming to uh, the President of the United States and many other people as well. they want to create an artificial economy, and that never works every time government comes along and says. We're going to make this for you, and this is what you're going to buy. We're going to take this over. The artificial economy doesn't work. It doesn't work for health care. A government-run artificial economy destroys health care. Okay. It destroys energy. We're watching it destroy energy right now. Here comes your – this is why when Governor Gordon says we want an all-of-the-above approach to energy, I want an approach that doesn't involve government. That's not the role of government to decide, well, we're going to have this percentage of wind and this percentage of solar and this percentage of gas and this percentage of coal, this percentage of nuclear. No, it's not going to work out that way. What you do is you let the power companies decide what works, what is the most reliable and most profitable. And in order to be the most profitable, it's got to have a good price. Or if people can't afford it, they're not going to buy it or they can't buy it. So an an artificial economy doesn't work in that sense. Let the marketplace figure it out. And the same thing goes for, well, we're going to put electric charging stations all over the state of Wyoming. Well, how are you going to do that then? So are businesses just, they just can't wait to get out there? No, not at all. government's walking around waving money in front of businesses. Hey, you want to get in on this? Here's some money. Go ahead, put an electric charging station in. But business owners are not seeing the profitability in this. So, so far, it really isn't working out. But even if they did, even if if they were able to convince business owners to put electric charging stations in, it's not going to work out in the long run because, again, you're trying to create an artificial economy. That's why I said earlier, when it came to the gas-powered automobile, gas stations and diesel stations started popping up all over the place, just popping up. And it happened naturally, organically. There was a desire for the automobile the internal combustion engine automobile. It was affordable. It was reliable. Gas was easy to get. Gas stations were easy to build, put up all over the place. I mean, it just boom, 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 up all over the country. There they are. Now, I don't ever really suffer in a gas-powered car from any kind of range anxiety because there's gas stations all over the place. And that happened because there was profitability in the market. At no time did government come around waving money in front of businesses. Hey, you want to put up a gas station in front of your business? That didn't happen. It just is a natural organic marketplace. that just happened. That's when it works best. So I even, I even have more stories here. In fact, let me call one up while I'm thinking about it. Because you've heard that uh, Ford is cutting way back on their F-150 Lightning and other companies as well. And there's even some rental car places that are abandoning the latest is Hertz rent-a-car is abandoning much of its EV fleet. Hertz is cutting its losses of adoption of electric vehicles, decided to sell about 20,000 electric vehicles, which is a good chunk of its whole electric fleet. And what I want to know is where are they going to sell them to? Who wants them? Now this is not the first uh, Rent a car company to do this. There's other rent. There was one other I told you about a little while ago that did the same thing. They tried going all electric. We're going to buy a bunch of electric vehicles because government incentivizes it. Government shows up with all sorts of incentive money and tries to direct the the marketplace with subsidies and tax breaks, and that's creating an artificial economy. Well, that Again, it never works that way. It never does. If you want to know what's going to work in an economy, let it happen naturally and organically. Now, happening again organically and naturally means, yeah, there's a lot of startup businesses that disappear and you never hear about them. Every single day across America, businesses are trying to start up and they really give it a go and then they fail. Happens all the time. Go talk to not just any business owner. Go talk to some rich people, millionaires and billionaires. Ask them about how many times they tried starting up a company and then it didn't work out. Oh, they'll tell you about all sorts of failures out there. But that's in trying to figure out what happens in the marketplace, how it works, what people want. So, yeah, it takes a while to figure out exactly how the marketplace is moving and what people desire and how to sell it to them. But once you figure it out, wow, we got a good thing going. It doesn't happen because a bunch of politicians and bureaucrats in Washington, D.C. are trying to incentivize you and also trying to disincentivize you by taking away things. So let it just happen naturally in the marketplace and whatever the auto industry turns out to be is what it is because that's what people desire people desire they'll purchase not just what they desire but what they can afford and what works for them which is why a lot of electric car owners they purchased an electric vehicle because it seemed like a great idea to them and then they went after they purchased it they figured not only was it not affordable but it did it just didn't make sense for them to drive one it just didn't work out for them and so a lot of electric car owners ...have turned in their electric vehicles and gone back to the internal combustion engine. Again, you cannot create an artificial marketplace. Same is going to go for energy production in Wyoming of every kind, not just electricity. Same thing is going to go for energy production in the state of Wyoming. And putting up electric charging stations across the state. If they're waving around a bunch of incentive money in the long run, it will not play out. Coming up on 730, local news update on your weather forecast. After that, it's Wake Up Wyoming.
0: Wake Up Wyoming, Glenn Woods is live on AM 1030 K2 Radio and the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app.
1: Time is 7.36, Wake Up Wyoming. There's certain anxiety, as I was talking about range anxiety when it came to driving an electric vehicle. Another one is you go to buy a home or you go to sell a home where you have a business to buy or sell and in today's market yeah there's a bit of anxiety out there now in the old days the way you shop for real estate is you would go looking for pamphlets and flyers that are out there you might contact a real estate agent a lot of people would just drive around looking for signs that might be put out there it's a lot easier today there's so much help online in real estate now if you're trying to sell a place it's a good idea to get with someone who knows how to work in today's marketplace. Because most people begin their searching right off of their phone, then online in some other way. And if your agent knows exactly how to use today's marketplace, they'll get you a customer really fast. Or if you're a buyer, they'll get you to the place you're looking for real fast. Now in the Casper and the Trona County area, that's Lisa Burge and Associates Real Estate. They have a long history, even before this whole internet thing came around. Today, on average, Lisa and her team sell about 375 houses a year in the Casper area. They have five-star ratings on Google reviews. Google, Lisa Birds, Real Estate and Associates, all working together and also with social media and so on. So go to the experts to get your place lined up for sale fast... But also, if you're a buyer, find the place that you need fast by going to Lisa Burge & Associates in the Casper, Wyoming area. Find them online, of course. Well, that's where you're probably going to start your search anyway, isn't it? All right, 888-97-WOODS, the phone number, that's eighty eight ninety seven woods Legislators in Wyoming are going to take a second swing at outlawing transgender surgeries for kids. The Wyoming legislator will... For a second time, says the story in Cowboy State Daily, consider legislation that, if passed into law, would prevent minors from receiving transgender surgeries in most scenarios. The bill for this 2024 session, and it talks about who it's sponsored by, Senator Wendy Schuler, Republican Evan, uh, Evansville, is a co sponsor of the bill, which she describes as a little less frightening than the original legislation. Brought in by Anthony Bouchard last year. Now, we still have to, for those people, whether you're for or against this bill, put that aside for a minute. Difficult to get this heard. This is a budget session. In order to get something heard during a budget session, there has to be a two-thirds vote agreeing to hear the bill. So we'll see how far this gets. She says, quote, it's a little less frightening than our uh, medical folks. Uh, that's the way Representative Larson got his bill. Uh, it makes a whole lot more sense. A former high school teacher, she said, adolescents sometimes need to be given time to work through issues they're dealing with before we jump right into transgender surgeries. She mentioned how a friend in California had a daughter who wanted transgender surgery when she was in high school. But by the time she was in her sophomore year of college, had no desire whatsoever for this. She says gender transformation is not something that should be rushed through, but give the person time on this for them to make a decision. And also, are kids really ready to make a decision at that age? And then how are the parents to be involved in this if they are at all? So the new legislation titled Sex and Gender Change for Children Prohibited serves similar overall purpose as Cole's Law, and it prohibits physicians from performing procedures on children related to gender transitions and gender reassignment. It also contains the same exceptions for medically verified sexual disorders. So this is a quote. It separates between the children who really need medical attention and those who are looking at issues, you know, and, and trying to figure out what to do if they don't feel right in their body. So they're trying to also work on some middle ground. If you want to read this, it's House Bill 163. Okay, House Bill 163. Now, again, this is something that's being offered up, but it is a budget session. The last one was killed because some people just didn't like what was in the bill. Oftentimes, you might look at a bill and think, oh, I, I like the sound of that, but read the language. Or I hate the sound of that. Well, read the language. You might like it. So a lot of times things die for that reason here. This new bill, well, contains, according to the author, less scary language. Well, I haven't read the bill yet, so I don't know exactly what she means by that. But again, during a budget session, it's very difficult to get something like this out on the floor. So you're going to hear, just so you know, a lot of bills being offered up in the next week or so here. There's going to be a lot of bills that you're going to read about in your news media, and most of those bills will never see the light of day because it's a budget session, and the budget session is designed to be that way. Wyoming is designed to be that way where we don't pass as many laws as other states do, which is a good thing. 742, wake up.
0: Wake Up Wyoming goes anywhere you do with the Wake Up Wyoming app. Free download for Apple and Android. This is K2 Radio. 7:45
1: 7:45 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming, off we go to talk to Don Day from Day Weather. So, Don, I'm watching the uh, weather radar for the whole nation. All those radars out there combined together shows all of this really wet and windy and cold weather everywhere, but right here, which is weird.
8: Yeah. Well, enjoy it. Uh, other folks are going to have to put up with bad weather for a change.
1: Okay. The, now. Why, again, this is like we talked about this yesterday. The third time we've been inside this little bubble here, that's it, it's unusual. So, what I'm saying, Don, is people are enjoying it, but they're kind of freaked out.
8: (laughs) What can I tell you?
1: Yeah, okay, just hang in there.
8: Just hang in there. Yeah, I mean, sometimes winter patterns and summer patterns, seasonal patterns tend to get rhythms to them, and you'll tend to see patterns repeat themselves. So, this is the third kind of long extended break in the weather that we've had since since really just round after thanksgiving but every time we we go through one of these the weather changes dramatically and we've seen in the news the flooding in california there's there's going to be more storminess in the pacific northwest and the west coast but the pattern that we're in just doesn't allow that to really get here much outside of the mountains mm-hmm. but we're going to see it flip. It's just not going to happen anytime soon. So I guess
1: the, the one thing I'm hearing people wondering about is, okay, that's nice that all around us is getting all this great wet weather, no drought out there for sure. But what about us, though? Because we still need to get that snowpack up.
8: Yeah, no snowpacks as we mentioned last week did really, really well in that big cold outbreak. They're certainly not going to do great this week. I mean, there is gonna be some snow in the western and southern mountains before the week's over, not a lot. Uh we're we're gonna see with this weather pattern change coming on up, we're gonna see the central and southern Rockies and the in the and the west coast areas see another probably significant snowpack boost. As we mentioned earlier when we talked about snowpack, the northern parts of Wyoming are most susceptible to the lower snowpack. So I do think the snowpack in the Bighorns, Yellowstone Park, the northwest drainages are not going to do nearly as well as the southern ones.
1: So enjoy this till what, about the end of the month?
8: Yeah, I think we will start to see the weather change mid to late next week, but it's really the weekend after this one and beyond is when the bigger changes
1: will come out. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, I, I know things are still lining up for that, but, I mean, do we get another blast like before? Or, I mean, how, how do you think well, it us put Well,
8: let's, let's put it this way. Yeah. I, I think what we're going to see in early February is a here, hold my beer oh. type <laughs> situation okay. because I'll tell you this, we are going to see temperatures by this weekend in places like Fairbanks, go 50 to 55 below zero. Oh, my Lord. So there's cold air building up again in those northern latitudes. And then we have this very strong Pacific jet stream developing. So when you see that, you've got a volatile situation that we need to keep an eye on. I do think the potential for cold weather to in February, another shot of Arctic air to come in, is off the table. Mm-hmm. But I, I can't tell you with 100% you know 100% confidence yet, but it's there. Okay. I mean, the potential for another outbreak of cold is there.
1: Okay. I'm going to start stocking up now just in case. All right. All right. Thank you, Don. Don Day with Day Weather. I just wanted to make sure we got that out there, that, yeah, things are brewing out there. Off we go to the icebox. Frank Gambino. You know,
5: you know, Glenn, do you
7: have a Blame Alaska song? No, but and, I, and by extension blame the
1: Soviet Union. Yeah, sure, we can go ahead and blame that blame uh California. Somebody. No like no, in no, fact no, no,
7: right not now for, not for cold weather we, the USSR Yeah, there's all their Alaska, fault. We're going to bl- yeah. blame them yeah.
1: What I do like there is I was watching Don Day's podcast as I do every single morning. So there's this jet stream that's going to come in as we get into the beginning of next month, right? And if you want to go from let's say Japan to California in record time, this would be your chance. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's just going to be straight across, and man, is it going to be a fast one. So just, it's just interesting to watch how weather works like that. Now, when you watch animals in the wild in Wyoming, ain't they graceful? I don't see animals oh, in the wild in you the Wyoming. You don't? I, mean, like, I see them on the road or by the road.
7: You know? <laughs> don't see them in the wild.
1: No. Okay. <laughs> no. We always tend to think of deer and antelope and, you know, things like elk and so on. Just wonderful, graceful animals. Well, our friend DJ Nike posted a video. So here comes an elk, and it was, uh, it jumped over a fence, a, a, a barbed wire fence, no mm-hmm. problem at all, just bink over it, went. fence was nothing. Went running down an embankment to run in front of a car, of course, no problem. And as he's coming out of the ditch, he trips like the klutz he is, and just goes stumbling across the road, ends up doing a somersault. In the middle of the road, and then gets up. I mean, really, I mean, that's got to be just really embarrassing, right, Frank? I mean, Well, just to... yeah,
7: look, I'll give him a, a 10 for effort. Okay. I mean, he looked really cool. I mean, really the cool. roll was wasn't pretty, but it was effective. Yeah.
1: I mean, you know, it, but, you know, it's like when you're walking up the stairs here at work and then you stumble. And you try to recover and act like maybe you meant to do that. Or you look behind you to see what reached up and grabbed you because you're not that klutzy. Something must be different in order for you to trip. That's basically what the elk was doing.
7: Well, the elk has got excuses, like, you know what, I'm 1,200 pounds. Yeah, and you try team. running with this rack yeah, on ex- your head, exactly. Yeah, over fences and stuff like that. Men's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowboys on the road tonight at San Diego State. The folks are coming off their best win of the season over the weekend as they down Nevada, ninety-eight, ninety-three over the weekend. So they're ten and eight overall, three and two in Mountain West play. UW player Sam Griffin was named the Mountain West Conference Player of the Week after throwing in twenty-six points against the Wolfpack, and he's been averaging eighteen points a game. San Diego State is fifteen and four overall, four and two in league play. They're good, and they're very good at home. That'll be a 7 p.m. start tonight from San Diego. We'll have that for you on KT Radio in Casper and KCGY in Laramie. Women's college basketball at the Division One level: the Wyoming Cowgirls at home tomorrow night to meet Air Force UW, coming off a really nice win over rival Colorado State over the weekend to get to 10 and 7 overall, 5 and 1 in Mountain West play. Air Force comes into tomorrow's game with a record of 9 and 10 overall. Junior college basketball: the Casper College teams will be at Gillette College tonight. The Tabor women rated 23rd in the country. They sit at 16 and 4 overall after an 84 65 win over Northwest Paul back on Saturday. Andy Schussler led the way for the Birds with 19. T-Bird men are 12-8 after an 89-74 victory over Northwest. They were led in scoring by Abdul Bashir, who had 27. The C women's basketball team from Cheyenne, 7-11 on the year after an 82-67 loss to Eastern Wyoming on Friday. The C men, 11-9. They lost to EWC on Friday, 88-86. Both Golden Eagle teams will be at Central Wyoming and Riverton coming up on Friday. High school cross country, Madison Antonino of Jackson, the Gatorade Athlete of the Year. She won the 4A State Cross Country Championship and is also the state 3A champion in the 3,200 meters running for Pinedale in high school indoor track. The season began over the weekend. Gillette hosted a huge meet with about 850 athletes participating. Hayden Lee of Natrona won the high jump at 6 feet 10 inches, a mark that exceeds the existing indoor state record. He also won the triple jump. Laramie's Dominic Eberly won the 800 and 1600 meter runs on the girls' side. Laney Hill of Laramie won two events the 400 and the 1600 meter run pro rodeo hillsdale wyoming native brody crest won the saddle bronc title of the national western Sox, stock show in denver over the weekend with an arena record 91 points picked up 11 grand for his work in denver Place fourth last season in the saddle bronc in the world standings that's it in sports
1: i saw a guy make a video which was absolutely brilliant he figured out perpetual motion every time he dropped a jelly sandwich it always lands on the jelly side right Every time he drops his cat, the cat always lands on his feet. Mm-hmm. So he straps the jelly sandwich to the back of the cat. How the they land? They didn't. They just spun in midair. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so he attached that up to a generator. Oh. <laughs> And now he's got electricity forever. Well, yeah, that, yeah. Just, and all that <laughs> is ingenuity. That's ingenuity. I you, Frank, coming up. <laughs> it was the funniest video ever. Coming up on some local business that we have to take. We're going to roll into news time after that national local update on weather forecast, and you and I get back into it again. I'll start up the open phones thing as soon as we get into there as well. ninety seven Woods, the phone number? Eight 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 ninety seven. W O O D S. Wake up, Wyoming. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It is a Tuesday. And nice out there. Mild, as you heard from Don Day in the last segment, last hour. I chatted with Don Day from Dayweather for just a little bit. And we talked about this nice bubble that we're in right now. A bubble of niceness, call it that. Which will stay with us for just a little while longer. But then it moves out. And we'll get some serious winter weather in the meantime. Everybody around us is getting all sorts of wet and winter weather. We're just missing out on it right now. It will return. Today's show is sponsored by the Moneyless Money Clip. So expensive, you'll have nothing left to put in it. So, 88897 was the phone number. That's 88897 W O O D S. You can talk about what I'm talking about, change the subject. Fine by me. I got a couple of updates for you here. On illegal immigration and the Biden administration. But hang on, before I get into that, the most dangerous time of the day, as far as this program is concerned, is open phones.
2: Morning, Wake Up Wyoming is about to enter daily open phones. This means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything. I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. <coughs> Dave, <coughs> all right, strap in and let's do this thing.
1: 888 97 Woods the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. You can talk about what I'm talking about or change the subject. Fine by me. So, two stories that sort of go back to back. First off, The Supreme Court has allowed federal agents to cut razor wire that Texas installed on the U.S.-Mexico border. Justices, by a 5-4 vote, granted an emergency appeal from the Biden administration, which has been in an escalating standoff with Texas and had objected to an appellate ruling in favor of the state. So this wire which runs along about 30 miles of the Rio Grande near the border city of Eagle Pass, is part of the Texas governor's border fight with the administration over enforcement. And the Texas governor is basically saying, look, uh, Biden, you're supposed to be enforcing this. You're not, so I will. And Biden administration is saying, well, you're not allowed to. Well, enforce the law then. Nope. Okay, Abbott has authorized insulation of floating barriers as well in the Eagle Pass area and allowed troopers to arrest and jail thousands of illegals trespassing right over that area. The administration also is challenging those actions in federal courts. So the Biden, you've heard that one before, those floating barriers, the courts are now hearing cases on whether that should be allowed or not. A federal appeals court last month, Force federal agents to stop cutting the wire, and large numbers of illegals have crossed in Eagle Pass in recent months, which is why it was put there in the first place. In court papers, the story says, the administration said the wire imperils border patrol agents from reaching migrants as they cross the river. Well, it's supposed to stop the migrants from ever getting to the river. Texas officials argue that federal agents cut the wire with the help of groups crossing illegally. So illegals trying to cross have helped agents cut the wire. Chief Justice John Roberts and Justice Amy Coney Barrett and uh, several others there. It talks about who voted who as far as this is concerned. And Texas say is basically the governor saying this isn't over. <clears throat> so the, I'm thinking Texas is just going to put it right back up. Because it's not ordering Texas to not put up the wire. It's just saying that agents have a right to cut the wire. Well, Texas has more wire. So that goes with this other story here. Biden administration has released 6.2 million illegal immigrants into the U.S. Three years. Three years into this. 6.2 million into the United States. Wow. That is a massive number, and then you gotta wonder how do you send all of those people back? Off we go to the phones again. ninety seven Woods, the phone number. That's Eight Eight Ninety Seven W O O D S. Talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject, fine by me. Hey Jude. Hey, I made
4: it home alive.
1: Okay, that was was flying all that bad. No, I'm
4: just. I think the first. Uh, trip up was a little bumpy, but flying yeah. home, I just uh, it was like a, being a pro. I took some video of it. Had oh, okay, a great time. Okay, and you know, I had
1: and I got to, something that you do get used to in airplanes is you know when you are in a motorboat on the water and it's kind of bouncy because you are bouncing across the waves. Sometimes yeah. airplanes do that, and at first it seems unsettling, but then after a while you realize, oh, it's just going to do this. The airplane is not going to fall out of the sky; it's just going to hit some bumps. That's all.
4: I kept asking the guy next to me, is that normal? Is that yeah. normal? Yeah. Is that normal? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, perfectly kidding? normal, yeah. I gave the guy in front of me a snicker bar. I said, I'm going to be squeezing your seat for a while. So, um,
1: <laughs> you okay, you want to talk money. about property taxes, right?
4: Yeah, looks like uh, there's some uh, upcoming events where you can still sign the petition. Um, I was going to share with a little story with you. I met Charlie Scott at the airport. Okay. Uh, when, when I was flying out of here and I was talking to him about it, he said they don't have the votes to uh, do anything with this property right. tax. And it just kind of, I don't know, upset me a little bit that he was flying out for vacation uh warm spot and he wasn't going to stick around to make sure that he was one of the good votes or whatever. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it looks like uh they've got uh January 25th. Uh, Wyoming Game and Fish Building, 330 Energy Lane, 6 p.m. to 730. Uh, Saturday, January 27th, the Eagles Lodge downtown, 306 North Durban, 10 to 2. Uh, Saturday, February 3rd, on um, 35th annual, uh, fishing derby. They'll have it there from 7 to 3. There's a couple more on the list too. I posted it on my Facebook page if anybody wants to look at it. Dan broski has got it on his. Uh, Rose Bonds has got it on hers. So it's out there, guys, if you need to know where to go to uh, sign this petition. It looks like most of Natrona the County County has already. Okay, now, here about my trip. Oh mm-hmm. my God. Um, I call it the bathroom from hell. Okay. <laughs> okay, the toilet wouldn't flush unless you held the handle for about five minutes.
1: Is this in the airplane?
4: This is in my... There's no water in the airplane. Okay. okay? So you're not yeah. washing your hands. Right, yeah. Um, it, it, in the hotel, there was no... Blo- the blow dryer didn't work. The heater in the bathroom didn't work. Uh, the toilet didn't work correctly. Uh, the floor felt like I was walking in a, a cowboy bar that has uh sawdust on the ground. hmm And, you know, I couldn't help but think when I was outside smoking, and we did really good. My sister and I only had, like, two cigarettes a piece all day long. Yeah the entire trip up there and she quit coughing so bad and so did I. So that's a hint for yeah. me. And I, I gave her patches on the way home. I said, well, now you well, need you need know, a me.
1: couple of things. First off, I want to know, did you stay in Motel 3? It sounds so bad.
4: You no, know, we stayed at days in okay. and the picture looks nice, but <clears throat> I swear good, huh? I got an illegal hotel room or uh, a homeless shelter that the state pays for I because guess. It was not what we expected, you know? Yeah. Now,
1: second thing is, a a friend of mine tried quit smoking with those patches, and he found out that if you roll them up tight enough, you can light those suckers and smoke them, so you're good.
4: Oh, hey, I made 99 (laughs) days with
1: them. Okay.
4: You know? So, anyway, I'm just glad to be home, and thank you guys for all your support for getting me up there and getting me back. and.
1: Absolutely. I'd well, like
4: to go flying again, I think.
1: I would hope so. Now, at some day when you're a little more used to it, I'll take up my little small plane. The only okay. difference is because it's smaller, it's bumpier. Okay. Well,
4: that's okay. I think I'm used to it now. If okay. I can fly out of here with all that ice yes. on, the, on the wings and, and get into Detroit, it was yeah. all bitter cold there I, the whole I time. I can
1: believe it. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I, you survived Detroit because, you know, Detroit.
4: Yeah. yeah well, right. it, you know what? I noticed when I got out there, there's no place to go to be alone for five minutes.
1: No? No, you're in a no. city. I mean, <laughs> Detroit itself has more of a population than all of Wyoming. So, yeah, you got to use, get used to people around you.
4: Well, I don't know. I used to work at this company called Weld on 12th and Grossback. And we could go to the bar after we got off work, and you know it didn't seem that busy. It was only yeah. maybe ten bar stools and a couple four or five tables, uh-huh. and we could sit and talk and visit after work. But now you can't go anywhere. Even yeah. we went and had breakfast at Bob Evans at like seven o'clock in the morning, and it was jam packed, uh-huh. man. Yeah. All right, so that's well, what I'm happens when you man. live out in the
1: middle of nowhere for a while. Civilization, yeah, I you I know. All right, thank you, Judy. <laughs>
6: Woke Radio, WOK.
9: Time to get up, everybody, and go to work. <laughs> you
5: know you don't have
0: anywhere to go, so let's play some soft, easy favorites that'll help you sleep in until noon. If it matters in Wyoming, it matters to wake up Wyoming with Glenn Wood. Call Glenn at 888-97-WOOD and make your voice heard at AM thirty K2 Radio.
1: 821's a time. It's Wake Up, Wyoming. Are right. you going to do what Judy did? She interrupted me. 88897 Woods, the phone number. That's 88897 W O O D S. Talking about what I'm talking about or change the subject. Fine by me. Jerry is in Platte County on taxes. Morning, Jerry. Good morning. How are you? Glad Good, been, sir. What
4: well,
1: you got? Since we've talked. Yeah, I'm sorry.
10: Well, we a have We have an event coming up this week. I'm the lead for the, for the, the, uh, Sandyman in Platt County. Okay. But on, on Friday, at uh, Guadalajara Mexican rec- Restaurant, which is eighteen hundred three Sixteenth Street, from four to six, uh, we're going to have our illustrious Ben Bean there mm-hmm. and Richard <laughs> to explain explain it to everybody, and you know, and ask answer any questions people have, and we'll get signatures. So,
1: okay, let's get people to the place again there in Platt County. Uh, where exactly it's are they
10: Guadalajara? It's, it's Guadalajara's Mexican restaurant. Okay. It's 1803 16th Street. If, you, if you're going down 16th Street and you see Pizza Hut, it's buying behind Pizza Hut. So it's
1: very right. easy to find. Yeah. So. so he's talking Wheatland, folks, in other words. Yeah. In that area. So, uh, yeah, I know. In fact, you know, I went into that Guadalajara's a little while ago just because I was in town. I decided to try it. It's a good one.
10: Oh, absolutely. I thought they place.
1: did. Yeah. Yes. Great job in there. Okay. So now are you just going to be uh, sitting there collecting signatures? Is that the idea?
10: Well, we, Brent's going to be there to explain to anybody, answer okay. anybody's questions they've got. So Yeah. And, now,
1: uh, now, for people who want to know more about what kind of tax relief it is, where can they go to find out more about what they're going to be well,
10: saying? Well, probably what the best thing to do is just have them contact me. Okay. They can text me. I have got – we've got about 12 people around circulating these petitions. Right. And uh, rather than giving the list, if they just give me call or text me mm-hmm. – I can direct them. Okay. Uh, we do actually have two places in Wheatland where they can go and actually sign up. And one of them is uh, uh, Ace Hardware North, which is Gary, mm-hmm. you know, since we've consolidated just into one Ace business. But, however, the North, North store is still open. So, And also Linda lens at State Farm Insurance.
1: Right. Okay. So, now,
10: just, but anyway, my phone number is...
1: Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead.
10: Yeah, no, go ahead with My the phone, phone number, number is... It's
1: 331-0508. Okay. 331-0508. Yes. Okay.
10: Or- yeah, we have people in Glendale, Hartfield and Chagot up, also.
1: Now, on a side note for Wheatland, last time I was yes. there, I know, uh, you remember, the airplane hangars in the back row were crushed by a big snow pile a couple of years ago. Yes. And the last time I was there, those hangars are still... I know they're privately owned. Any movement? Do you yeah. know of any movement to get those things fixed? <laughs>
10: well, actually, they're working on it. They get a big uh-huh. argument about what's going on there and who owns what. Yeah. So I don't know if they've got that dispute settled or not. But okay. there's kind of been kind of a takeover of some of the private um, private um, hangars there that people are having a problem with. So, okay. So government... You know, <clears throat>
1: government overreach. Right. Have you heard of that? Yep. I yeah. I think I have <laughs> talked about that a, a time or two. Yeah. a time kind of, or two. Huh? Yeah, I'm just kind of curious because I, I mean, I showed up there during the last fly-in, and I went yeah. off to the back road to see how things were going, mm-hmm. and I noticed a lot had been cleaned out, but not everything. Mm-hmm. But the buildings are in mm-hmm. the same condition, and it hasn't be, hasn't it been a couple of years?
10: Well, yeah, it's been quite a while. I don't know much about that, so don't fly, but I'll check on it because I know a couple of okay. people have hangers there that yeah, i have would, been really uh-huh. upset with
1: what's going on. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Well, thanks for calling in. I appreciate well, it.
10: Absolutely.
1: All Thank right. you. 888 97 Woods, the phone number that's 888 97 W O O D S. There was a big snowstorm that hit Wheatland a couple of years ago, and at their little airport there, which is a cute little airport. But it's mainly just—it's just there's no passenger planes coming in out, just private planes, right? And so there's three rows of hangars. They got quite a few airplanes out at the facility. Some really nice people out there. And the snowstorm came down and just buried—I mean, just buried those hangars. The ones in the back are the oldest hangars, and they didn't survive the weight of the snow. So a couple of years later, and they're still crushed over there. Mike is on the phone. Morning, Mike. (laughs)
10: Hey, I heard Judy talking about twelve in uh, Grosbeck. I grew up on at uh, about
11: twelve on Interstate ninety four. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the armpit of Michigan <laughs> around there.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> How is it? These- hey, I
11: wondered, I had. Yeah. I wondered something else, too. If a guy gets addicted to the patches, do they tape a cigarette to his arm?
1: Uh, yeah, that's probably the best thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. I've often yeah. wondered about, I've never, you know, smoked like that. I, you know, I, I don't know about the patch, but for those people who have used it, do they actually work? I don't know. It's supposed to be something that you can enjoy the nicotine without the cigarette until eventually you can give up the patch, right?
10: Yeah,
1: they're kind of chewy and tough to swallow. <laughs> That's why I said, if you, if you roll them up real tight, you can still look, light those suckers.
10: There
1: you go. Just the guy who asked a good question. Yeah, I got you later. All right, thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. 88897wood's the phone number. That's 88897 W O O D. I did meet one time. This was in the uh, Tampa Bay area. I met a lady who is a maid. She was cleaning the building I was in. And I noticed these were not nicotine patches. She had other patches up and down her body and on her neck and other places. And I asked asked her about all these patches. And she said she made extra money testing new drugs. That sent a shiver up my spine. She makes extra money being a guinea pig testing new drugs. I don't know what those drugs are. And because they were patches, doesn't necessarily mean it had anything to do with cigarettes. So I thought, you really want to go slapping patches with new experimental drugs all over your body so your skin can absorb that to find out what's going to happen? I guess if you need the money, but I don't... I can never imagine that I would need money that bad that I would do something like that. All right, coming up on some local business... That's news time, right after local news. Update on your weather forecast. Nice, long segment of open phones. Now, since taxes were brought up, I do have a story from Cowboy State Daily. Wyoming homeowners want property tax relief but disagree on how to do it. That's the title of their story. You'll find it on Cowboy State Daily. I'm going to read from it and talk to you about it right after news and your weather forecast. It's Wake Up Wyoming.
0: Together at the top and bottom of every hour. This is Wake Up Wyoming with glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio.
1: Eight thirty-six. The time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Back to the phones we go, which you can jump in anytime you want with any topic you want. 97 Woods. That's eight 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 ninety-seven W O O D S. Rose is in Casper. Morning Rose.
12: Morning, Glenn. You got to do a little damage control here. Uh, Natrona County's fallen way behind. That's why we're pushing to get these signatures. Okay. We do have a few upcoming events, as I've stated before. We've got Tony Locke Property Tax Town Hall on the 25th from 6 to 7.30 at the Game and Fish Building. We've got uh, Harriet Hageman. They think they're going to be able to go in there at the observation deck from six thirty to seven thirty also on January twenty fifth, Thursday. There's uh Saturday the twenty seventh, which is my birthday. I'm I'm trying to help the people to get something done instead of depending on our legislators. And then you were talking about that uh Wyoming uh politics page there that
1: uh yeah Cowboy State Daily Cowboy
12: State Daily rather they, you know, I believe acquisition is the way we need to go. Okay. I agree with that. But thinking that our legislators understand anything about property tax relief is silly because there's just too much government. So, right. no way. Right. Um, so, on the the Eagles Lounge uh, Lodge at 306 North Durban on the 27th from 10 to 2, we're figuring on. And there's a blood drive at Wyoming Gun Company on Friday, February 2nd. And they have invited us to come down there also so you can give blood and take back some of your blood.
1: Yes. Sir. yeah, I, You know, it does sound weird to say there's a blood drive at a gun company. <laughs> that just, okay. They might want to rethink that. But anyway, go ahead.
12: <laughs> and then there is the Hog Ice Fishing Derby. If I can get a or somebody with a four-wheeler, I'm going to try to go out there and uh, be out on the ice. It's uh, Saturday, February 3rd. Through Sunday, February 4th, from 7 o'clock a.m. to 3 o'clock p.m. Mm-hmm. on Pathfinder Reservoir. Right. And then we are planning on being at the API Chili Cook Off.
1: Mm-hmm. So, oh,
11: you're, you're going to be out there everywhere.
12: Natrona mm-hmm. County is falling behind. We really need to get the signatures from Natrona County. I've reached out to Casper Mountain landowners. I'm trying to reach out to the people of Vista West. And I'm trying to reach out to the people of Cold Creek. If anybody can pass this information on to those groups, I'm not having any luck joining the groups on Facebook.
1: Okay. All right. Nice to see you working hard out there. Thank you, Rose.
12: Oh, there's one more place. Oh, go uh, for it. Yeah. Glenn, a lady messaged me here. Dave's Dave's darts and billiards at six oh one East Second Street, mm-hmm. during business hours, any day of the week they can stop in sign.
1: Okay. All right. Thank All you, right. Rose. Keep Based us posted. Fun. All right. 888-97-WOODS, the phone number, Eight 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 Ninety Seven woods Here's part of what she's talking about. So here's the story from Cowboy State Daily. It reads, other than the state's biennial budget, property tax relief is the hottest topic entering into the 2024 legislative session, which begins soon. With a new ballot initiative that would slash property assessed values by 50%, drawing both backlash and support throughout Wyoming. Now, that also is not all properties. My understanding of that is it's homeowners. But okay. It says, as politicians haggle about how best to address property tax rates, they've skyrocketed in some parts in recent years. Not all over Wyoming, but in some parts. So Cowboy State Daily spoke with three Wyoming homeowners about what they believe is the best approach to property tax relief in Wyoming. Buffalo resident. Thomas Moore said his property taxes have roughly tripled since he bought his home in 2016. He said most of these increases have happened over the past, let's uh, say, three, four years. And Bound, Bondurant resident Jim, I have to actually look that up. I forget where that is in Wyoming. But anyway, Jim Jacobson said his property taxes went down after the 2018 Roosevelt fire in the years since, they've shot back up more than doubling, especially between 2020 and 2023. Last assessment saw an increase of 37% from years before. Now, although Jacobson said he he can afford the increase for some living on a fixed income, it can be devastating. Star Valley resident Mark Massey, 70 years old, worries that property tax bills continue to swell at their current place, will be forced to sell his home. This is one of the things that I've said for quite a while. I know a lot of you have agreed with this that Wyoming has been a good place to retire. Because if you retire in Wyoming, we don't even have a state income tax. Cost of living is low here. And if you own your home, you're, you're safe. You're fine. Okay. But now we have a problem. And it's not because, and let me be careful about how I put this. It's not because you're, local government has gone in and raised your taxes. It's because people have moved in that have a lot of money and what they're purchasing homes at and so on have has changed the assessed value of these homes. So taxes for everybody goes up. So this gentleman, Massey, a self-described conservative, is so serious about property taxes and the cause, he will vote for any candidate who can... Provide permanent property tax relief. He says it doesn't just affect homeowners. It affects everyone that lives in Wyoming. So Jacobs believes the state needs to offer a larger tax exempt for military veterans. The state also offers property tax rebate programs for those who make 125% or less of the median household income. Jacobs says the fact that homeowners must apply to participate is a problem. He has mixed feelings about ballot initiatives. On the one hand, Jacobson said he would love an opportunity to get a property tax break. On the other hand, he questions what it would do to the state's budget. So things have to be tailored. The ballot initiative, an estimate by the Wyoming Department of Revenue, will cause a $143 million hit statewide. The estimate is based on assumptions that every homeowner is eligible for the program. Massey said his most preferred solution would be an acquisition value-based taxation system in Wyoming, which he believes would force local governments to control their spending as a Wyoming homeowner in California in 19, as a young homeowner in California in 1978. He voted to support a similar measure, remember Proposition 13 from way back then. Uh, An executive director of Wyoming County Commissioners Association said California had passed uh, that lower tax structure. It had to raise taxes elsewhere shortly after to keep things going. Massey disagrees, but says that even if that was the case, he didn't notice it. And at the time, he was making relatively a low wage. He still owns a second home in San Diego and noted that uh, property taxes in California, the home is worth much more, but... Uh, now it's about the same as a property here in Wyoming. So you can see what the problem is. So, okay, there's tax cuts, land increases. The story goes on quite a bit. It's a pretty good in-depth story from Cowboy State Daily. So I'd say it's worth looking into to see some of the solutions that are being offered up out there and see if you can think of anything that might be better than that. All right, coming up next hour. Right after I get done with news, sports weather and we get into the nine o'clock hour, if all goes well, your representative Harriet Hegeman's going to join me. She has a border update. Now, I just got done talking about the border and some of the problems with the border. She has a update on the border, which might be helpful. Oh, my
0: God, the world's going to end in 12 years. And the only thing you can do is vote for a Democrat. Yep, there you have it. A new level of crazy, and you heard it here first. Wake up, Wyoming Woods, on K2 Radio. Got something to say? Chat him on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app or call 888
1: 97 Woods. 848's the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to the icebox. Frank Gambino's waiting by. Just came across this post, and I didn't realize it was this close. We are less than three months away. From the next total solar eclipse in the United States,
7: roughly from what Austin, Texas, mm-hmm. headed, you know,
1: right up through door, Maine,
7: door, the, yeah, right up that way. Yeah, so, good. You know, when it was here, it was mm-hmm. a cool deal. It, I mean, was, it really was. It, was. it was it was as good as advertised.
1: Now, so you were in Casper when that I happened? I watched right? it
7: right outside, right, right outside right the, right the out. radio station okay. here.
1: Here's what I did. I went to Glendo, got there early. Now. I went around the backside of Glendo. I kept driving out there with a friend of mine until we got to an area where it's pretty much the last campsite. Mm-hmm. And it is so bad out there, so underdeveloped, we thought nobody in their right mind would camp here. This is our spot. And the whole time we were there, there were only like two other campsites nearby. So we had the whole side of the lake to ourselves. On the Glendo side, the little town of Glendo had 3,000 people. Yeah. 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 And so now We also had an app. There's a guy who has spent his life chasing eclipses, Mm -hmm. and he's gotten so good at it that when there's another eclipse coming, NASA calls him. Oh, really? He invented an app back before apps were a thing. It wasn't even called an app back then. But today, what we could do was the app first told us exactly where the center line was. So we camped right on it. Mm -hmm. And then during the course of the eclipse, the app will say, now put on your glasses. And then at some point it says, now you can take off your glasses Mm -hmm. and look directly at it. Now put them back on. But it goes through every single stage of the eclipse and the app will talk to us through it. We got great pictures and so on. Now, this is where when I left the eclipse with my friend, we, of course, are caught in that traffic jam. trying to. We were in Cheyenne, trying to head back to Cheyenne, right? Oh,
7: wrong direction.
1: (sighs) dude! Oh, man. Now, here's what I get to say, Frank. I got the privilege. I don't look at this as a bad thing. The privilege of getting stuck in the biggest traffic jam in the history of Wyoming. Okay.
7: Y- yes, you were.
1: Yes. It's not just the interstate. We tried the back roads. Made no difference whatsoever.
7: I guess what the from like from Casper to Denver was like 8 hours. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I mean it a, was a, no. A, actually, it was it was about yeah. I think it was probably about six hours to get from Glendo to Cheyenne. Took us about six hours. <laughs> yeah, and again, yeah. Now some people might look at them, that's insane. Why well, I got the privilege of saying I was caught in the biggest traffic jam in the history of Wyoming. When do you think that'll ever happen again?
7: It won't. which is good, and you were there. Men's college hoops tonight. The Wyoming Cowboys with a roadie at San Diego State this evening. The folks are coming off their best win of the season uh, over the weekend, downing Nevada 98-93, so they're 10-8 overall, 3-2 in Mountain West Conference play. UW player Sam Griffin was named the Mountain West Conference player of the week after throwing in 26 points against the Wolfpack. He's been averaging 18 points a game for the folks so far this year. San Diego State is 15-4. They're 4-2 and in league play. They're good, and they're very good at home. It'll be a 7 p.m. start tonight from San Diego. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and cast and KCGY in Laramie. Women's College Hoops at the Division One level. The Wyoming Cowboys with a home game tomorrow in Laramie meeting Air Force. UW coming off a very nice win over rival Colorado State over the weekend to get to 10-7 and 7 overall. They're 5-1 in Mountain West playing And Air Force will come into tomorrow's game with a record of 9-10. and 10. Juco Basketball. The Casper College teams will be at Gillette College tonight. t women, they're rated 23rd in the country. They're 16-4 and 4 after an 84-65 win over Northwest Nepal on Saturday afternoon in Casper. Andy schistler led the way for the Birds with 19. Tiber men are 12-8 after an 89-74 victory over Northwest. They were led in scoring by Abdul Bashir with 27. The LCCC women's basketball team from Cheyenne, 7-11 after an 82-67 loss to Eastern Wyoming on Friday in Torrington. And the LCCC men, 11-9. They lost to EWC on Friday, 88-86. And both of the Golden Eagle teams will be at Central Wyoming and Riverton coming up on Friday. Pro Rodeo Hillsdale Wyoming native Brody Crest won the Saddle Bronc event at the National Western Stock Show in Denver over the weekend with an arena record 91 points. Picked up 11 grand for his work in Denver and placed fourth last season in the Saddle Bronco World Standings. High school cross country Madison Antonino of Jackson, the Gatorade Athlete of the Year. She won the 4A cross country state championship in Cheyenne back in the fall and is the 3A state champion in the 3200 meters running for Pinedale. In high school indoor track and field from over the weekend, Gillette hosted a season opening event with close to 850 athletes participating. Caden Lee of Natrona won the high jump at 610. That has a mark that exceeds the existing indoor state record, but the state records can only be broken at the indoor state meet. He also won the triple jump. Laramie's Dominic Everly won the 800 and 1600-meter runs. On the girls' side, Lainey Berryhill from Laramie won two events, the 400-meter dash and the 1600-meter run. And that's it in sports.
1: I've added a couple more pictures from your... Um website there, which is Wild Preps. Well, yes. Yeah, to the, at the end of every year, the best, I mean, most dramatic pictures from that site. <laughs> so just a hint to parents out there,
7: send those pictures. Send them in, yeah. Use the Wyoming Wild Preps app. Yeah, you know, we'll we'll take them.
1: Yeah, and then whenever I find a picture where I go, wow, that really stands out. That's just amazing. I add it, and at the end of the year, I just put all of those in the gallery for everybody. I,
7: so. I want you to put some pictures of the traffic jam in there too, if you have any. Okay,
1: yeah. Do you, uh, do you have
7: pictures of the traffic jam
1: um, I don't, after the eclipse? I don't No, uh, the tra- Oh yeah. Oh, the traffic jam after the eclipse. Yeah, I do. Somewhere. I'll have to go back and dig around. I but. thought you
7: would stand on the, on the roof of the oh. car. Oh, we just... made friends. We made <laughs> friends. Right. Life, we lifelong. had time. <laughs> oh, of course you Yeah,
1: especially when someone really has to go bad and they're out in the middle of nowhere on the highway and there's yeah. nowhere to go. Crossing chairs out there and you're all Really on good. interesting. Thank yeah. you, Frank. Let's wake up Wyoming.
8: Weak drop.
1: 906 the time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. Hold those calls for just a bit because we got a guest on the line here. And then we'll go ahead and get back to open phones. Harriet Hageman joins us. Are you in state or out of state?
13: I am in state. Okay. I am in Cheyenne, Wyoming right
1: now, and right. I'm heading to Casper tomorrow. Okay. Now, I j- just one item before we get into what you're calling about today. Just want to make sure you know uh, you're not making the right people mad enough and I need you to do a little bit more. Step it up a bit so I have more to talk about. Can you help me out there?
13: <laughs>
1: what did I do? I just, it's, I mean, just, I'm sure if you got out there and just made a little bit more noise on things like what we're going to talk about. Apparently, there's some good news on the border.
13: I don't know. I haven't heard that. Have you heard there's a deal?
1: I, do, I don't know. Okay. I thought there was something good going on, maybe on the border. But then again, I do know that Biden said he was going to do something about it. But that doesn't give me a lot of hope. (laughs) That
13: shouldn't shouldn't give you a lot of hope. No. Uh, That should not under any circumstance give you a lot of hope because I don't anticipate that he's going to do anything. What's interesting, though, is, you know, the Supreme Court ruled yesterday in a five to four decision that that the feds could cut the razor wire. Yeah. They didn't issue a written opinion with that, which they should have if they were going to make that decision. But they must be going on some kind of an idea that only the president, only the feds have the authority to address border issues. Well, if that's true, we're going to get Donald Trump elected in November, and they better not backtrack on any of that. Okay. That's the only silver lining I see coming out of that decision.
1: Well, I did mention one other thing this morning, and that would be that they can go ahead and cut that wire. But this is Texas. They have more wire.
13: They have more wire. That's right. Mm -hmm. I was down there in that particular area a couple of weeks ago. I was in Eagle Pass, Texas. Mm -hmm. I was on that exact bank, and while we were there... About six or seven Venezuelans came through, crossed over the razor wire, Mm -hmm. and the Border Patrol picked them up and took them for processing. While we were doing a press conference, we had people walking across the river behind us.
4: Right.
13: So it's an open border. My concern is... I don't trust the Senate, I'll be very honest with you, I do not trust the Senate to actually do a border security bill. Okay. I trust them to do an amnesty bill. I trust them to do a we're going to process everybody and we won't call it amnesty, but we'll give them all green cards or work permits bill. But I don't trust them to do a border security bill, because if they wanted to do a border security bill, they would pass HR2, which mm-hmm. we passed last year, which is the strongest border security bill ever passed by Congress.
1: Okay. Now, I know that we're still uh, essentially, part of my way for putting it, Congress is kicking the can down the road again when it comes to our deficit, but a lot of this has been held up for a bit anyway trying to get some kind of border control
13: into that spending bill. That's part of it. And it's also the supplemental bill because Joe Biden wants another $60 billion plus dollars for Ukraine. Mm. and then we're trying to get $13 billion to Israel I will support the funding for Israel I will not support the funding for Ukraine. We've had no audit they will not tell us where the money is going we do know that over 50% of the money that we have sent to Ukraine is paying for their government services for uh, garbage collection and for pensions and things like that we're $34 trillion in debt Ukraine isn't the 51st state we have 50 states that we need to take care of right here and until we've done that I don't think we need to be sending money there to cut to run their government okay
1: so between now and the presidential election really what can congress do i mean other than swapping out presidents what's what do we do here because we've got how many people now that have crossed the border over six million
13: i think it's probably closer to 11 million Oh wow! and we have over a million got away And keep in mind, and I've been down there as I've said, we're very good at processing people coming in illegally into this country. If there's one thing you can say about a federal bureaucrat, they know how to fill out paperwork. (laughs) And so they're really good at filling out the paperwork and making sure those people get into our country. So when you're a gotaway, you are intentionally avoiding being detected. Because when you come here, they give you services, they give you money, you're getting housing. So when you're trying to get in without being detected, you're bringing in the drugs you're the human smuggler i was visiting with a sheriff down there on the border and he comes from a huge county an enormous county i think it was like the size of rhode island or something like that and it's it's kind of like what you'd see in goshen county you know little tiny towns of 450 people and maybe a town of 3,000, and that sort of thing they found a safe house in that county where it was a chop shop it's where they were doing their human trafficking they were doing massive amounts of drug dealing and drug running through that county with that safe house it was a warehouse an abandoned warehouse they didn't even know it was operating by the time that they went in there this was a multi-million dollar, multi-million dollar business being run in his county, in this little tiny rural county out in the middle of nowhere. And I think that ought to give everybody pause about what's going on in that border, because that could be happening in Ocean County, Wyoming. Yeah,
1: and it is affecting the entire nation as well, because it's not just the flood over those border towns, as small as they are, like you just mentioned. But these people then pour into the rest of the country, and I think that affects... Everything across, especially those sanctuary cities that are complaining about having to be sanctuary
13: cities. Well, it affects everything just because if it's a deflection of resources to something we shouldn't be spending these resources on. So right now, one of the big battles we're having in Congress is that the the uh, the Biden administration in the state of New York has taken over a national park and put up tents to the tune of millions of dollars in expenses. And they're housing, they're housing my, uh, illegal aliens in our national parks. OK, think about that. They're housing illegal aliens in national parks in big, huge tent cities. Well, New York is notoriously rainy, but whatever that when it rains there, that particular national park floods. So what did they have to do? They had to close down a high school, put all the kids in remote learning, so that they could convert that high school to an immigrant uh, to an immigrant processing center and, and living center. You and somebody got in there, and they were doing filming. It's unbelievable what we're doing, what they're doing to our cities, what they're doing to our water tables with the waste and the filth. All of the things are affecting us. And we have an administration that is absolutely unwilling to secure that border, which tells you, so when we went down to Eagle Pass, in the previous three to four days, they had been processing literally thousands of people a day through Eagle Pass, Texas. When we were there, they had maybe 165 people. They knew we were coming. They notified them that they were coming, and they were able to shut down the, the, the flood of illegals coming across that border the day that we were there. What that tells me is that this administration is in contact with the cartels because they're the ones that are doing the human trafficking, and they have the ability to shut down these flood of illegals. All they have to do is remain in Mexico policy. All they have to do is reimplement the policy to you have to seek asylum in the first safe country that you come to all of those are just some of the simple things they would have to do and they could stop that flood they couldn't do it they won't they are invading our country intentionally
1: okay so now to allow the flood is one thing to stop it of course let's say we actually did that how do you reverse
5: course
13: they're going to have to deport yeah I know people don't want to talk about that, but we don't have any choice. We're going to have to deport. There is a one of the things that I've been terribly concerned about because I've been reading about it for a while. Some of these countries in South America especially are unloading people out of mental institution in prisons, and they're sending them north. They don't want to pay for him anymore. They don't want to have to take care of him. They just arrested a guy from Colombia who had been convicted in Colombia for murder and released in prison, and they have found him here in the United States. They've got a guy. I, I mean, you just read these horrific stories: the little girl, the little autistic girl that was raped in her bed and murdered by the MS-13 gang member. We have got the worst of the worst coming into this country. Uh, we've got others that aren't. That are. I'm not saying they're all that but there are enough of them and why we would want to be bringing people like that into our country with absolutely no idea of where they're going is just stunning to me
1: it also is stunning to me that we can't force the hand of the biden administration to make them enforce what's law on the books
13: look what the united states supreme court did yesterday yeah look what they did yesterday by saying that texas cannot uh put up the razor wire as you say they and and ken paxton and governor abbott whom i met just a couple of weeks ago they both said we're not done yet we're going to continue fighting and they have the right to fight but look at what our courts are doing and you have you have judges who are so far removed from the consequences of these horrible decisions that this is what they're doing
1: okay So what is currently being worked on? Again, between now and the next election, you must be doing something, as much damage control as you can. Okay.
13: Well, we're doing as much damage control as we can. One of the problems that we have is we have a very slim majority, and and, and we don't have the Senate. And the Senate has just absolutely failed us on so many levels. We have passed very good bills very good conservative bills out of the House of Representatives. The Senate won't take them up. H.R. 2 is an example. H.R. 1, which is an energy security bill, they won't take it up. H.R. 5, Parents' Bill of Rights, they won't take it up. There are a couple of things that I'm working on. One is very important, and that is uh, adopting a civil rights statute so that we can hold federal employees accountable for violating our First Amendment rights. I know you've probably read about the fact that we have the FBI surveilling Catholics claiming that they may be uh, domestic uh, violent violent extremists and so they've been surveilling Catholics Uh, we know what they've done at school board meetings and things like that and so what I've done is I'm working with a representative named Dan Bishop and we've put together the First Amendment Protection Act And what that would do is for any federal employee that violates someone's freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of assembly, freedom to petition our government, they could be personally, financially liable to that person for violating their rights. Right now, we don't have any ability to hold these FBI agents accountable for their bad acts. If we pass my bill, we will have a civil rights statute in place that would allow us to do that. I've been working with Professor Turley on it. He thinks it's a great bill. I'm excited about getting this moving forward. So that's one thing I will work on. I'm going to continue working on the Indian health services and Indian property rights issues uh, this year. So those are some of the things that are high priorities for me. And we're going to continue fighting back against these ideas of things like natural asset companies. Because while we beat that back last week, and I'm very excited to report that the SEC has pulled that rule we do know that they're going to come back with something because they got to find a way to fund the BLM landscape rule, and this is the way they were going to do it, by uh, having the Chinese Communist Party and people like Bill Gates buy the natural assets of our national parks and national uh, uh, federal lands.
1: So you're going to be in Casper, Wyoming for what?
13: <clears throat> Tomorrow I'm going to be in Casper, excuse me, and I've got meetings up there, and Thursday night I have a uh,
1: town hall okay where do people go for the town hall
13: um i don't remember off the okay, <laughs> okay. <head.
1: laughs> that's okay yeah. bring those next time you can go time. to our
13: website and you can find it out i know oh it's the airport i'm sorry oh okay yes, it's okay. the airport okay yeah i realized it was someplace a little bit different this time and i'm thinking where did we do that it's yeah, going to yeah. be out at the
1: airport yeah the airport all right harriet thanks for coming on this morning
13: thank you all
1: right 9 is the time wake up
6: 97
1: Woods. This is Wake Up, Wyoming on K2 Radio. Hey now. 925 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming, so Triple Ninety-seven Woods, the phone number, 88897, W-O-O-D-S. Okay, I started off this morning, six o'clock hour. I know some of you weren't there for that, so let's catch up. They're coming for your coffee. Now for you people who don't drink coffee first thing in the morning. Hell's wrong with you. But for the rest of you, you understand. And yeah, I do like it's, I, I've gone mornings without my coffee and I'm fine, but I do really enjoy my morning cup of coffee. When I get here to work, I have a cup in front of me as I begin putting together this program and writing articles for you guys. Okay. They're having the World Economic Forum, right? And of course, besides talking economics, they have to talk climate change. Get a load of this guy, he's a Swiss
0: banker. We'll be having our coffee before the session and, and you raised the coffee example. I'd love just to give you the chance to expand on that.
3: Basically, the coffee that we all drink um, emits between 15 and 20 ton of CO2 per ton of coffee. So we should all know that this is every time we drink coffee, we are basically putting CO2 into the atmosphere. Um, The other and one of the reason is because most of the coffee plantation or most of the coffee is produced through monoculture and and monoculture is also affected by climate change. Um, The quality of these nature assets is uh, deteriorating quite rapidly.
1: Okay, let's take a look at this. Um, First off, when he says, well, you know, you produce this much CO2 every time you produce a, a ton of coffee. CO2 is not a pollutant. It's good for the planet Earth. We're not in a climate crisis. Let's get that out of the way right now. So they're producing a lot of CO2 to make coffee. Good. How much CO2 do they produce to make anything else? Corn, flour, oranges, apples. Name some. Name anything. Yeah. Are they going to? I'm sure they'll go after. They've already gone after beef and bacon and stuff like that. But now you're just trying to have a breakfast, right? Cup of coffee. Got some eggs. Yeah, I got some sausage going there. Uh, just a basic little breakfast here. Now they're going to get on your case because you had a cup of coffee, and then everything else on your plate, of course, is going to have a massive carbon footprint too, right? As if that's a bad thing. Go one day
12: without coffee. I can't stop drinking the coffee. I stop drinking the coffee. I stopped doing the standing and the walking and the. Words putting into
1: sentence doing. Yeah. Okay. So you see the problem that's going to be for a lot of people if we had to give up on coffee, but that's the latest thing that you're going to have to give up on. Is uh, oh yeah. And by the way, enjoy those bugs too. Eat eat bugs, and you have to put nut milk on your bug cereal, and then uh, you're not allowed to have a cup of coffee to wash that down with because there's so so much CO2 output. Now you can kill the guy's argument right away by showing him that. CO2 is not a pollutant and is actually good for the planet. That destroys the whole argument there. It's okay to put CO2 out. And also the idea, well, climate change, I've read these articles too. Climate change is destroying the coffee crops out there. No, it's it's not. Climate change is a natural thing. And there are times if you're growing coffee in a certain region of the world and that region starts to change, its climate starts to change, that would be a natural thing. And so you grow coffee somewhere else? Hey, make a greenhouse and grow coffee for that man. All right, coming up on some local business we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that national local update. On your weather forecast, it's Wake Up Wyoming.
0: world-ending catastrophes for years to come. It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Find content, chat live, and listen on demand on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. 9.36 at the
1: time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. 888 97 woods phone number 8897 97 woods Greg in Laramie. Morning, Greg. Wait a second, Greg. Hold on. That button is a sticky button. Got you now. Hello. Yes, sir. Can I hear you? Yep, I got you.
9: Hi, Glenn. I was uh, just listening to that interview. It was very long on fear and short on ideas. Okay. Uh, a lot to parse through. Mm-hmm. You know, I appreciated your conversation last week about understanding where these people come from. They're trying to go across the border. Yeah. I do think that uh, had we not elected Bush-Cheney in about 2000 and blown up the Middle East, mm-hmm. um, we not, might not have as many immigrants on the border. But mm-hmm. okay. long-term consequences are not what we think about today. Okay. Much.
1: You and I can certainly argue that, but I'm just going to let you continue.
9: <laughs> okay. Well... I mean, when I listen to all the things, you know, the Senate, again, she she said that the, the Senate's not taking up the bills. Well, why waste time on things that are absolutely ludicrous to take up? The Senate's role and the House's role is to come to compromise. I am in a belief that the House does not want any border bill to be passed this year because the Republicans have absolutely nothing to run on except for the border. They have no policies. They have no ideas. They don't care about humanity. And if you're not going to fund Ukraine, I would argue that we might as well just disband our overseas operations for the military okay. and just say, let's protect America, like the common defense said. And save a ton of
1: money. Okay, I'm going to call Greg. I'm going to call not fair. See, from now on, if you're going to make a call like this, with everything that you Uh just said, and you know it's driving my, you are driving my audience insane right now, right? And you do this as the very last call of the show, Greg. How about you?
4: I waited for a few days to call.
1: Yeah, but now, how about you (laughs) call in earlier in the show? That way, I can take calls from people who want to call up and just tell you that you're full of it. And I can, I can sit back and relax the rest of the program after the nonsense you just spent. But no, you wait for the last call of the day. What am I supposed to do with this, Greg? Well, yeah. I'll call
9: tomorrow at 636 and say the same thing. Okay, there, there. Thing or, there. or
1: maybe, i tell you what, I tell, I'll save you the trouble. I'm just going to save this call. And I'm going to play it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're just going to let everybody go ballistic on you, okay?
9: Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just say one more thing to get it going. Go for it. I'll take Googling eyes, Cortez. Oh, God. Over wild, lies, or <laughs> eye
1: <tables. laughs> Okay. That's a good one, Glenn. Thank Let's you, Greg. Appreciate it. Oh, my God. This is just not good timing, Greg. Jeez. Okay. No, I know you heard that. That drove you insane, didn't it? But I let him say it. And the reason I let him say it is because Greg, as much as I disagree with everything he says, he is not Dave from San Francisco. Okay. He seems like he's a lot of fun and he doesn't call up and insult and he's not rude and obnoxious and so on. He just has a completely different opinion from you. That's why I let him just ramble on like that. But I am going to save that call as soon as I can here. And I will play that again tomorrow. And you guys will have an opportunity to respond to all that because I know you do. All right. Slight different thing here. Oh, is it Doc in Cheyenne? Good morning, Glenn. I wonder why they don't mention how much oxygen... The coffee plant produces while converting the CO2, if someone could uh, would make the time to actually do the research, yeah, that's very typical. People like you just heard about the coffee story, they never do the research, Doc. They they never do. Uh, And oftentimes I find the numbers that they spout are bogus, but it comes right down to CO2 is not a pollutant, so we have nothing to worry about there. Here's an interesting story from from the Babylon Bee, from their not-the-bee page, meaning it's a true story. School is removing mirrors from bathrooms because kids keep cutting classes to make TikTok videos. Yeah, now if you're wondering what that is, for those who don't understand what that is, and I always thought it was the dumbest looking thing. People will go ahead and make a video of themselves. They're posting a video of themselves, right? So in order to get a video of themselves, they're using their phone. So they go into the bathroom and they point the phone at the mirror. So you see them in the video standing there holding the phone, pointed at the mirror to get. <sighs> um, you know, you can do that without having to use a mirror. You look like an idiot. Mark is in Albany County. Hello, Mark.
11: Good morning, Glenn. Yes, uh, first, Harriet's a uh, a wonder. Yeah. I uh, support her 100%. Second, the treasurer, the assessor, and the clerk will be at the fairgrounds in Albany County this evening, I believe at 530, to discuss property taxes, yeah. the county budget, and elections. I'll have the people's initiative to reduce property taxes there. I'm sure we'd like to see some good conversations, um, maybe give the the clerk and the treasurer an idea on how they can reduce government instead of raising our property okay. taxes.
1: So real quick, because I'm running um, short on time, so they need to be where, when in Albany County,
11: right? Albany County Fairgrounds, five... 30 i believe okay and uh thank you very much
1: absolutely let's wake up wyoming so
11: why do you drink coffee every you day You're gonna die without it no but you might
0: admit it you were hoping somebody would say that the only show broadcasting from a bunker under devil's tower hey it's cold down here Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods, 6 a.m. weekdays at on a.m.
6: 1030
0: and f.m. 95.1. 8.48 is the time. Wake Up Wyoming
1: off to the icebox. We go Frank Gambino waiting by. So, Frank, I have a picture in front of me. Yeah. It's of a mom. Now, I often compare you know, life back then to life today. And this is a mom back in the 1970s, it looks like. And her little girl is in front of her. Mom is kneeling down to help the little girl zip up her coat. Okay. And it says, and I didn't notice this until I read the words, and I thought, oh, I see it now. Holding mom's cigarette while she zips my coat.
7: (laughs) (laughs) I know there are adults. Yeah. And I've... They've told me when they were kids, yeah. lit their mother's cigarettes. Oh,
1: yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's true. Or go get my cigarettes for oh, me.
7: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was... Where, where's the matches? Okay. So. Uh, very tip- Can you give me an ashtray? Yes.
1: Oh, very typical to go driving down the street with a car filled with smoke, although... And with the kids in the back yes, seat. absolutely, yeah. That, now, <laughs> although... Now, those little vent windows that were up in the front of cars yeah. back then... Now, and of course a lot of people would just open those up because not, not all cars had air conditioner back right. then. So you'd open up those little vents. But now, uh, my mom called that the smoking window. I always thought that that's what that was called, the smoking window. Until I found out, no, no, it's just a vent window.
7: But my father would open that up when he lit a cigarette while driving. Can you imagine in a, driving in a station wagon with no air conditioning, and you're in the back as a kid. Yeah. The mom and dad are both smoking. Uh huh. And it's about 85 degrees outside.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Times were really different. Also, I was telling somebody just yesterday that when I would go to school, uh, I this is kindergarten now, but that's before I moved to Florida. So in kindergarten, I was in New Jersey. And school was about a mile and a half up the road. Mm -hmm. So mom would go ahead and help me put my coat on. Mom didn't smoke. Dad did. But mom would help me put my coat on. And then she would open up the front door and it was my job to walk myself to school about a mile and a half, which I did just fine in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. Try doing that today. Oh, no way. Yeah. Oh, that would just...
7: I, I, I would have I would let my kid walk down the block.
1: Yeah. That would just absolutely freak some people out that you would let now.
7: Oh, and I, and I did that for years, too. I mean, uh, w- yeah. one school was around the block. That wasn't so bad. But one was about all right. you know, six, okay. seven blocks the way you
1: want. You think that's going to blow your mind? The next story I'm going to kill you with, all right? All
7: righty. Men's College Hoops to Whamming Cowboys at San Diego State tonight. Their folks are coming off their best effort and win of the season over the weekend, Downing, Nevada, 98-93 on Saturday in Laramie. So, 10-8 overall, 3-2 in Mountain West Conference play. UW player Sam Griffin was named the Mountain West Conference player of the week after throwing in 26 against the Wolfpack. He's been averaging 18 points a game. San Diego State is 15-4. They are 4-2 in league play and they're a good team and they play very good at home. That's a 7 p.m. start tonight from San Diego. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KCGY and Laramie. Women's College Hoops at the Division 1 level. The Wyoming Calgos will be at home tomorrow night in Laramie to be at the Air Force. UW coming off a really nice win overall Rival CSU over the weekend. They get to ten and seven overall, five and one in Mountain West play. JUCO basketball. The Casper College teams at Gillette College tonight. Tiber women are ranked twenty third in the country and sit at sixteen and four overall after an 84-65 win over Northwest Nepal on Saturday. And the led the way for the Tibbers with nineteen. Tiber men are twelve and eight after an eighty nine seventy four win over Northwest. They were led in scoring in that game by Abdul Bashir, who had twenty seven. The C women's basketball team from Cheyenne seven and eleven on the year after an. 82-67, lost to Eastern Wyoming back on Friday in Torrington. The C men are 11-9. and They lost to EWC on Friday, 88-86. Both Golden Eagle teams will be at Central Wyoming and Riverton coming up on Friday. Pro Rodeo Hillsdale Wyoming native and Chinese high school grab Brody Crest won the Saddle Bronk title at the National Western Sox Show in Denver over the weekend with an arena record 91 points. Picked up 11 grand for his work in Denver and placed fourth last season in the Saddle Bronk World standings. High school cross country, Madison Antonino of Jackson, the Gatorade athlete of the she won the 4A state cross country championship and also is the 3A champion, state champion in the 3,200 meters running for Pinedale. In a high school outdoor track from over the weekend, Gillette hosted that season opening event with, with close to 850 athletes participating. Caden Lee of Natrona won the high jump at 610 and his mark exceeded the existing indoor state record, but you can only break state rec- records at the state meet. And was He also won the triple jump. Laramie's Dominic Everly won the 800 and 1600-meter runs. On the gross side, Laney Berryhill of Laramie won two events, the 400 and the 1600-meter run. And that's it in sports. Okay, so here's Here what you, we,
1: you would not be able to do this today, I don't think. But So when I was in like fifth and sixth grade, my parents decided to try sending us kids to some private schools. Okay. All right. <clears throat> so mine was way on the other side of the state of Florida, right? So when it was time for me to come home for, like, holidays and so on, one of the teachers would walk up to me and hand me a bus ticket that was sent by my mom with an envelope of spending cash. Okay. And here I am in fifth grade, and I would go get myself a cab and get on a Trailways and go across the state of Florida to home. And when I went back to school, I did the same thing. By myself.
7: In the fifth grade? Fifth and sixth.
1: Did they send you to reform school or no, something? No. Nothing like that. Okay. But that's it was
7: different back then, Frank. Also, I'll, I'll and say. And nobody thought it was weird. School across the state, I think, yes. is a little bit that's weird. Right. Well, that's a
1: whole other story there. I was not a bad kid, okay? <laughs> oh, okay. I okay. was just wondering about yes, that. Yes, wake up Wyoming.